Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 164 of the Mo Money Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Morehouse. Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, this one is a good one because we're talking investing. And uh, do you know what the number one question I get from um, my audience about investing? It usually is, how do I know if I'm doing it right? <laughs> how do I know if I am on track? Well, I have a fabulous guest to really talk about this particular uh, topic. I've got Dr. Pauline Shum Noel on the show, and she is quite the resume. She's an expert in portfolio analytics. She's a professor of finance at the Schulich School of Business at York University here in Ontario, Canada. She also holds a BA, an MA, and a PhD in economics, if that wasn't enough. She's also the co-founder and CEO of Wellscope, which is uh, a new web platform that tracks, analyzes, and helps you plan your financial future. Now, it doesn't um, manage your portfolios, but what's great about it is it basically lets you link your current uh, kind of investing accounts uh, into the system um, and will basically give you a score, a rating on how well you're doing. You know, uh, how are your things performing? Are you diversified? Are you paying too much in fees? Basically, um, everything that we all, especially as a DIY investor, or even if you're using a robo advisor and you're like, is this doing well? I don't really know. If you use this uh, platform, you'll be able to have a better understanding of what is going on. So we talk more about um, how this thing works, but also her background. And just then we get into the nitty gritty of investing. And I'm asking her all the questions that I get asked all the time. So I know you're going to love this episode. But before I get to that episode, just a few words about this uh, episode's sponsor. This episode of the Mo Money Podcast is brought to you by canspace.ca. If you're listening right now and consider yourself a savvy Canadian entrepreneur or business owner, then listen up. As you know, your business's success depends on you having a website that is reliable and loads as fast as possible. That alone can make or break your business, am I right? Well, if you know that to be true, CanSpace can help. They've been trusted for over 10 years by Canada's largest corporations for providing affordable, reliable web hosting with the fastest load times in the industry. Having a website that is down frequently or just loading slowly can cost you business and, more importantly, damage the reputation of your brand. Choosing a reputable web hosting provider like CanSpace helps avoid these issues. Luckily, all Mo Money podcast listeners can get $10 off with the hosting plan of their choice with CanSpace. Just visit canspace.ca slash Jessica M and enter your email address to get the coupon. Once again, to get $10 off the hosting plan of your choice... Visit canspace.ca slash Jessica M and enter your email address to get the coupon. Well, thank you, Pauline, so much for joining me on the Mo Money Podcast. I can't wait to chat with you about investing. It's one of my favorite topics these days. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. You're so welcome. So uh, I would love to get to know you a bit more. You have a, a crazy resume, super, super impressive. I would love to know uh, a little bit more about your background, how you uh, entered this world about investing in finance. Because honestly, there's there's not a ton of women, I find specifically, that deal with investing. So it's a nice you know, breath of fresh air to be able to talk to you, who uh, has been in this uh, industry for quite a while. Uh, what is kind of your background? How did you um, kind of enter this world of investing? 
Right. Uh, I was uh, in school and I was, you know, I knew that I liked school and I was doing my PhD in economics. And in my second year, I had to look for an elective and I popped over to the business school and enrolled in a course in finance. And I was hooked since then. Mm -hmm. And so I did my PhD dissertation on a finance topic. And when I was hired to be a professor of finance, uh, they gave me, okay, well, uh, we need someone to teach investments. And so I think you'll be the one. And so that was 20 years ago. And wow. I learned from scratch because I had not taken a course in investments myself. I've been always been an investor. I've always had um, an online discount brokerage account following the markets. Uh, but in the 20 years uh, from teaching it and going through um, you know, starting with the technology bubble and then the financial crisis and the bull run uh, in the last 10 years with my students every term. It's been quite an adventure. I've also mm -hmm. been helping out with the university uh, pension plan for the last 14 years. And so, you know, you know how sort of my uh, website came to be was, you know, a year, two years ago, I wanted to, you know, sort of put all my knowledge together and and experience theoretical and practical together in a textbook and then I thought oh, wait a second you know mm -hmm. should I be writing a textbook in this day and age and so I was able to put together a really wonderful team and we put sort of everything that I wanted to to tell people about investing to help investors uh, sort of to open up this black box that you yeah. know it's like you said uh, that a lot of people are kind of, you know, intimidated and they know they should be investing, but they don't know where to start. And, you know, if they have some investments, they, they're not a lot of tools to evaluate how they're doing. Um, mm -hmm. And so we put all of that on a web platform and we, uh, we've always wanted to have a, at least one version to be free, uh, mm -hmm. a sort of basic, we call it the essential version uh, for everyone that can sign up and, and can, you know, really get started with the basics and, and a lot of the tools that um, the investment professionals have access to. But for everyday people, we want to not just provide the tools, but also the educational piece as well. Absolutely. I feel like um, the more I kind of educated myself about investing, and honestly, I never really wanted to. I, I liked, uh, you know, doing kind of like the more foundational things about personal finance, budgeting and spending and lots of the uh, money mindset stuff. That's what got, it, got me excited. But I realized, well, if I want to achieve lots of my financial goals, I have to invest. It just always really intimidated me. Um, there are certain kind of, uh, you know, mind blocks. And, and, and I also just had this uh, lack of confidence. I thought I wasn't smart enough. The people I would talk to about investing, they knew all this jargon I didn't. And I felt like completely embarrassed because I'm like, I don't know what that means. And I think and that, that I realized talking to other people especially other people listening to this podcast. So many other people have that exact same experience, especially women. I think they're really good when it comes to, you know, you know, budgeting, paying off debt and all that stuff. When it comes to investing, they're a bit hesitant. Um, and maybe it could be just this idea that investing is still kind of a man's world and all this kind of stuff. So it's really nice that you've created something. You were a woman, you've been in this industry for a long time. And it seems like kind of your whole purpose motivation for this is to kind of make investing uh, understandable and accessible to anybody, especially online. And I feel like what you've created with Wellscope is definitely kind of a missing piece. There's a lot of great... Um, there is information out there. You know, if you look around, you do have to kind of do some digging. Um, but... 
and there's lots of ways now there's all these robo advisors so you can you know uh easily you know start investing right away online but i find for me even for my husband and this is something that we've been going through recently it's like okay we we have investments we have a couple uh robo advisors he's getting into doing some diy investing with a, a brokerage but there's kind of this are we doing it right are we you know and that's and and so i think a, a lot of people don't realize that it is really kind of on you to figure that out. Yes, you can hire someone, though what I've also been doing a lot more research on is uh, typical you know, financial planners, CFPs, they won't actually invest your money for you. You still have to know what you're doing. They can maybe look it over, but they can't just uh, help you with that part of your financial plan. So it seems kind of like you're, what you've created is kind of that um, missing piece in yeah. my perspective. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, and that's why, you know, uh, in terms of the access to the tools, that's why it's an online platform. So, you know, it could be the middle of the night, it could mm-hmm. be two o'clock in the afternoon, whenever you have time, you can have access to those tools on demand. Um, and also, the fact, you know, we like using colors, we don't want to be another site that I'm very familiar with a lot of the, the more institutional tools, mm-hmm. where it's sort of black on white and and, and, and a lot, yeah, a lot of them are very slow because they were built a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and we try to create colors. We try to have multimedia. So we have some videos. It's very short, but to the point mm-hmm. on explaining, just like some of the jargon. Some of the jargons are intimidating. Yeah. Uh, maybe they're meant to intimidate. Um, but a lot of people I find, in my experience, would throw those jargons around, but without really having a, a good, deep understanding of what they are. So we have uh, text, we have videos, like I said, um, and also try to, you know, sort of really to tie the different pieces together. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not fully there. I think it'll always be an evolving um, product that, yeah. we, that we'll have. Uh, and then we take very seriously our user's feedback and to try to explain, you know, what, what, what seems to be confusing or, or what, you know, uh, what, what do these numbers mean? And so that's why, for example, in evaluating your portfolios, uh, we don't just provide all the analytics or the numbers, but also we provide a simple scorecard just to say, look, uh, you know, because yeah. you know, I'm a professor, so we give you a grade for the different aspects of your portfolio so it's easily understood. Um, and if a grade looks, oh, how come I'm getting a D in terms of uh, uh, my fees or, yeah. or in terms of performance of my portfolio, then you can dig deeper and try to understand what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah. So walk me through a little bit how uh, Wellscope works for anyone who's not familiar with it. What can they expect? What is kind of the main purpose of it? Yeah. So there are, So we've come to realize that there are two distinct audiences uh, on our site. Um, so we have about, uh, so we were, we, we released the beta about three months ago. We have about 1,200 users right now test driving the site, mm-hmm. using our site. Uh, we find that there are the um, sort of older, more mature, wealthier investors out there. They might be doing it yourself with a discount broker, or they might have an investment advisor working with them. Um, they kind of want that second opinion because they don't get a lot of information um, about how well they're doing, like you were saying. And so they link their investment accounts with us. Uh, you know, they might have you know, three different accounts with three different financial institutions. They can bring all of those investments onto our platform and analyze each account, all of the accounts together and see the scorecard. 
um, because they have a lot of money at stake and they want to know and, and then get that second opinion. So that's a one group of uh, uh, audience. And the other group where we have these portfolio builders and using simple ETFs, they're yeah. inexpensive. Uh, if you have, a, have an online brokerage account, you can buy them. And so we kind of hold their hands a little bit. A lot of the sort of more novice uh, investors, uh, they don't may not have a lot of money for investing, but they know they should be investing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have uh, these machine learning driven portfolios. Um, builders. So we, do, we don't just sort of say, here, look, these are our five model portfolios, choose one of them. We right. try to say, okay, what are you looking for? Um, um, and then so, you know, answering a few questions uh, and, and help them optimize the portfolio. And then we say, okay, look, these are the ETFs that you can buy in order to replicate this portfolio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have tools, you know, you can look up a fund and find, find out more information about the fund. And then also then the uh, the other piece for the sort of more novice um, investors is that, okay, well, I found a portfolio that I think I like. What if I were to use this portfolio for my savings towards my retirement? And then we have the planning piece where you can sort of integrate it. You can build a portfolio using simple ETFs, very yeah. inexpensive, and you can plug that portfolio and to look, look, if I want to save this amount and I have this many years, uh, it could be for retirement, it could be for your children's education. Um, you can see what is the likelihood of success using that portfolio for uh, towards a certain goal, be it again your retirement goals, or be it your, uh, you know, for buying a house, for savings towards your uh, children's education. Okay. Yeah, that's that's pretty clear. I know uh, a big element of uh, your software is kind of really uh, highlighting fees. And this has become a lot more, um, you know, talked about in the past couple of years, which is great, because honestly, most people a couple of years back before um, uh, CRM two, most people I talked to had no idea they were even paying fees, which is terrifying, because they were paying a lot of money in fees. Um, what is kind of the, you know, information that you provide people about fees, so they are more clear on what they're getting themselves into? Right. So you mentioned CRM2 that came into effect a couple of years ago. And so you, so for those people that are working with an advisor, you know how much out of your portfolio that you've been paying to your advisory firm. And that's a different layer of fees than the investment product fees that you're paying. And, and so CRM2, in our view, didn't go far enough mm-hmm. because there are so many different layers of fees that one pays. So there's the fees that you pay to advisors that now will be in this, on your statement. But for people that are do-it-yourselves or, uh, or even you have an advisor or with your, your robo-advisors, you know that you don't just pay your 0.5% to your robo-advisors for managing your money. You also pay for the ETFs, you also pay a management fee. So that's what we highlight is mm-hmm. that for the ETFs that you pay, you have no idea unless you Google each of them to look at the prospectus or the fact sheet. And then you can see the management fees that you pay to the ETF provider or manufacturer. Mm-hmm. So on our site, you can very clearly easily see when you link your robo-advisor's account or your discount brokerage account or your account with your advisor, and you can see that at a portfolio level, what is the average ma- management fees that you pay? Is that the you know for ETF portfolio, it could be 0.4%. Or for mutual funds, your, your, the fees that you pay could be, you know, 2%. And that's mm-hmm. all calculated, all the numbers we pull together for you. 
Yeah, no, it's it's really important because, yeah, it's not just one fee. It's several fees, lots of layers. And, uh, yeah, there's definitely still uh, a lot of education to be done about that because, uh, I mean, it's been years and most people have no idea. Um, and, you know, especially as a young investor, it's really important to know this in advance so you can make a decision that's right for you. So, you know, in 20, 30 years, you don't, you know, realize, oh, wait, how much did I pay in fees? Hundreds of thousands right. of dollars. <laughs> That's yeah, how much. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. So it's just about, I mean, the numbers are out there, but, you know, to pull them together easily in a sort of easily, you know, easily understood, easily consumed fashion. And that, that's what, you know, we try to do for uh, the users of our site. Absolutely. So uh, typically, who do you, because I, well, I know you kind of just started still very new, but who are the kind of um, your clients or your audience members for this service? Are they young? Are they advanced? Is it uh, kind of a whole spectrum? So currently, um, the uh, we would say about forty-five percent are between the age of forty and sixty. Um, another twenty-five percent actually are sixty or older, and then there's a contingent that are the rest of them are sort of under forty. Um, so, tip, so far right now, we find that these are. Uh, investors that have already invested and they want to have an opinion about how well they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But we'll love to reach more of the more novice investors. Um, You know, uh, 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 I think you have a a good audience for that is to help them get started and to look more and do more research at home before you go on and and actually give someone money or you open your account. Okay, well, what do I do? You know, what kind of basic portfolio can I build? And Mm -hmm. so the, the, this version that we release is free and you can go on and, and like I was saying, you can just look at that site and do your research anytime, mm-hmm. you know, you're free um, any time of the day. Mm-hmm. Why, why do you find it, in your opinion, and, and, you know, you have lots of young students that you work with too uh, or uh, that you uh, teach. Why do you feel like a lot of younger people are a bit hesitant or wait to start investing, even though I'm sure everyone knows you should invest, but they take a while to actually put that into action? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I see that all the time. So even for my students, because I teach exclusively investments yeah. and events portfolio management, and, you know, and both uh, undergrads and MBAs um, and masters in finance, and, and I see that only a fraction of them are currently investing. Wow. So even though there are business students, and, and hopefully a lot of them after taking my course will start investing, yeah. um, but I think that there's a lot of priorities that they are, mm. you know, that they, they are spending their time on. And, and just that inertia, that's just the first, you know, push, yeah. you know, to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to wake up today and I'm going to go open that account and, and start investing. It's that inertia that, um, that they have. And so, so, so a lot of the times it's only until they start working and if they're lucky, there is a pension plan and they have mm-hmm. to think about, okay, now I have this money that I contribute to. And so what do I do with it? Um, but otherwise it's a student thinking, okay, well, yeah, I can do it tomorrow, next month, it just seems to be uh, uh, that inertia that they need that little nudge to, mm-hmm. to start. Mm-hmm. Is it a lot of because, and I, this is what I hear a lot, is a lot of younger people feel like they need money to make money. So they're like, well, I don't have that much money. But it seems like, well, actually, you don't need that much money to get started. Yeah, exactly. And particularly with exchange traded funds, ETFs, you yeah. can have a very diversified portfolio. Uh, without having to invest a large sum of money. So, you know, in the old days, when you were buying individual stocks and these stocks have these expensive prices and so it's hard to diversify in a portfolio uh, inexpensively, but now it's, you know, with uh, with exchange-traded funds, which I 
recommend for a particular younger investor. Um, the management fees are a lot lower, um, and, and as well, you know, they they can just open up um, uh, their own trading account, mm-hmm. and you know, and again, they can come to our site to look for some ideas, portfolio ideas, and then you know, buy six, seven ETFs on their own, and 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 off they go. Mm-hmm. I think another thing too is, and I mean, this was my mindset just you know a few years ago. I was afraid of doing it wrong. I was afraid of making a mistake, and having that fear of failure will prevent you from actually taking action. What are some of the things that are mistakes that people should just be aware of so they do avoid? I think sometimes they're just afraid of making a mistake, but they don't actually know what the mistake is to avoid. Right, right. No, for sure. And so that you know, I think in psychology they call that regret avoidance right yeah. okay i'm gonna you know i'm gonna make mistakes i'm gonna think more about it and more about it and then another year uh, has gone by so so i think what we try to do too with our site is that you can you you know that's that, that's about the opening up the black box piece. Yeah. You, you can build a portfolio and you can see how that portfolio has done you can look at the different aspects of that portfolio and that's the information right there for you. You know, sort of having the information would help alleviate um, the inertia and the regret avoidance. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, th- I think we all do it uh, to some extent, you know, in a variety of things in, in our lives. But investing is certainly, is certainly one. And so, again, it's about having the knowledge, having the transparency, having the data, having the evidence. Um, to help alleviate a lot of those concerns. Mm-hmm. What are your kind of thoughts on, and as I have educated myself more, I am very much more interested in doing the DIY and not being afraid to make a mistake or using a robo-advisor because it's low cost and very easy to implement. What are your kind of thoughts on some people who just, they don't want to put the energy into it. You know, they'd rather spend their time doing something else. They'd rather pay someone to just handle it. Does anyone actually do that? Like, I, I feel like the more I talk to people, no one actually will just handle your finances or, or your investments specifically. You still need to always be kind of active and involved. Yeah. I mean, definitely for younger investors, it's harder because a lot of the advisors won't be talking to you, at least, the, you know, the very experienced ones that can you know, hold your hand a little bit more, you know, unless you have a sizable portfolio and mm-hmm. the money that, that you invest in. So, so I think a, a sort of a, a safe way to do it and, and, and have some fun with it too is that, you know, I like to think of what the institutional investors like big pension plans and dominant funds do is to think of the core satellite investing idea where the core is some diversified assets like ETFs. Um, you can have just a few ETFs in your core. You know, they are, they're well diversified and uh, they, they, they track the broad market. And then your satellites, you can have some fun. You know, maybe there's certain stocks that you're interested mm. in that, that you want to follow, you want to buy, and, and put a little bit of money, not all of your money, put a little bit of money in those bets that, you know, that you think, oh, I think those might do well. I could be wrong, but I can always rely on that core portfolio that I have where the bulk of my money is in. And then in the satellites, then you, you know, you, you, you have a bit more fun with. And mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's a... That's a uh, you know, a, a good way to go. And also, you know, if there's some, you know, you have some good stock tips that you yeah. hear about, but you don't want to put all your bets in. Um, and so there's always a good idea to have a core portfolio, diversify, inexpensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then playing around with some stocks. I'd like to talk a little bit more about stocks. I feel like 
for me, I used to always think that in order to make big money, you did need to, you know, know what's going on with stocks and get into that, uh, you know, buying individual stocks and everything like that, which terrified me because I'm very risk averse. And I think a lot of people um, my age uh, and specifically women are very kind of risk averse. What do people need to know? Like, well, number one, people don't need to buy individual stocks to have a good portfolio. But if they do want to kind of dabble or get, you know, a little bit into that, what should they know? How should they be prepared to do that? I mean, you mentioned something very smart. Obviously, don't invest money that you will need. It is kind of, you know, speculative. So you've got to be, you know, um, careful be okay with losing it. That's kind of the only way I invest when I do it in stocks. I'm like, I'm okay with losing this money, but I'm also okay if I make money. Yeah, no, that, that you, you, you definitely need to do more research on. I mean, there's so much on social media these days and, and one has to be very careful. A lot of people could be talking up um, well, that's the thing. There's so much chat people love and people that are into stocks are very passionate about it. It's almost like what information is accurate and what should I, you know, how, how what's a good step to actually start doing your research in the right way? Yeah. So I mean, so there are um, sites that provide, you know, good quality equity research, um, you know, where they sort of do very um, in-depth analysis of companies. So there the sites that I, you know, I don't want to advertise them but there are ones that are you know sort of free of conflicts where they are not trying to push the stock because they're going to be able to make money from that recommendation um so definitely always look at the valuation you know are they very expensive you can look at the the price to earnings multiple price to book multiple price to sales multiple as compared to the overall market if the overall market you're paying you know on average say um i don't know $5 $5 per, um, per dollar of earnings, mm-hmm. you know, and your stock, you have to pay $25 per dollars of earnings. And, you know, is that a company that you think the growth would be sustained, right? Mm-hmm. That is, so looking at the valuation, um, you know, again, the, the, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, what, what is the business? Do you believe in that business? Um, the line of business as well as the industry that is in, um, you know, several years ago when the price of oil was going down, definitely energy stocks, the whole sector mm-hmm. was performing very poorly. Now, is it on a rebound? Uh, yes, the price of oil has gone up. Um, and I, I think it does require a lot more research than just, you know, sort of an instinct or intuition and so yeah. on. But, but again, you don't have to allocate a lot to that. You can, you know, you can buy a few shares now, right? Because, mm-hmm. um, um, on a lot of discount brokers, you can buy uh, what we used to call odd lots, um, um, and, uh, and 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 I think though the important thing is to understand too at the at the overall portfolio level. So again, on our site, you can have your core portfolio. Throw in some stocks there to see. Well, overall, you know how is my, how am I risk being diversified? Because you can have a lot of risky stocks in your portfolio mm-hmm. that combine. You should look at the characteristics because a lot of some risks might have been diversified away if you are if you're doing the right thing that those stocks are not highly correlated so therefore they're not all going to go up at the same time they're all going to go down at mm-hmm. the same time absolutely so i think um it's it's easy to understand how to be diversified and kind of how to understand your risk tolerance. Those are kind of the first steps to figure out, okay, where should I put my money? What should I invest in? Another question I get a lot is, how do I know how to rebalance or what does rebalancing my portfolio mean? Right. So um, let's say I decided to buy five ETFs and I decided that they're going to be, you know, I'm going to put 20% on each. They're equally weighted, that mm-hmm. portfolio. 
But over the course of a quarter, six months, a year, some of that, those ETFs might have done really well. And so the weight of those ETFs in my portfolio would have gone from, say, 20% to 30% now. And some of the stock, some of the ETFs are the securities that didn't do as well. They are now a smaller fraction of my portfolio. Mm-hmm. So then it depends. Do you have the conviction to keep the, equally, the equal weights, 20, 20, 20, 20? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to let your portfolio run its course and the, the ones that are doing well, let them keep growing, being a bigger part of your portfolio? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when, it, when, when they get to a certain point, we go, you know what, I, this particular asset or ETF or stock has grown from 20% in my portfolio now to 30% or 35% because we've done really well. Um, So you might think, okay, you know, I think I should scale it back, Mm. right? And so that's called a rebalance, um, you know, event. Mm -hmm. And so what a lot of advisors, you know, claim to do for you would be, you know, we'll automatically rebalance your portfolio for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Back to the original um, allocation uh, when you first started. Um, it's certainly, you know, I, I think that they'll say, oh, we'll do it every quarter, we'll do it, you know, around three, four months. That's not necessarily, to, you know, to do it at that, you know, at that frequency, because every time you rebalance, you're buying and selling the securities mm-hmm. to get back to the same allocation, mm-hmm. the same weights in the portfolio. And that's, com- you know, and that involves commissions, right? Because you're yes, buying and cost selling. Mm-hmm. trading exactly so i would say that you know unless the market has moved you know have experienced large swings um you know look at it once a year i don't think that's necessarily going to hurt you at all okay so should say i am investing through a discount brokerage should i uh check what's going on every few months but that not have the uh but not rebalance until either there's a you know something significant has happened or i've got it in my calendar once a year but because that's kind of, yeah, what lots of other people say is just don't check it too often because that's where the emotions get involved and you'll want to do something drastic and sell all the things at the wrong time. Or so it's, it really is passive. Like that is kind of, you know, one of the best strategies that I keep hearing from other people that have found success that way. Right. Because I think it's a bit ironic that, you know, for example, the world of vices that you're with, they want you to invest for the long term. That's why you're in these very diversified ETFs. But then you get the app on your phone where you can look at your balance, yeah. you know, sort of every single minute of the day. And that's really, you know, n- not what you want to do if you don't need the money for, you know, if you're saving for mm. something down the road in five years, 10 years and so on. You don't want to be checking that too, too frequently. Just like you said, that's when your emotions is going to get the best of, best of you. So mm-hmm. I, I would definitely say that, you know, you don't need to have a, a, a um, a, a systematic rebalancing schedule. Mm-hmm. People might say, well, that's what I'll do for you if you pay, you know, the advisory mm-hmm. fee. Um, but really, until you know, not until the market has moved, uh, like, you know, with, with these big swings, that you might want to go in and check to say, oh, okay, now the weight's a little bit off. You know, I, you know it's probably not big enough for uh, to, to, to need a rebalance uh, Mm-hmm. right now and so 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 i would definitely not say you know not not say that you need to be on the schedule okay good to know <laughs> um before i let you go what is one uh tip or just a piece of advice that you really want uh, especially young investors to know um so they can either start investing or just uh be confident as an investor 
Mm-hmm. Well, I would say that a lot of um, young, you know, young sort of millennials, they've grown up actually playing stock market games in school. Mm. And so go back to that, you know, you've actually had more experience albeit with a, a stock market simulation game than actual real experience, but you've had more exposure mm. than my generation, right? Your parents' generation. Yeah. So just think back to that as, you know, use that experience, even though it was just sort of a game, um, and just open an account. Just, you know, you have to, you know, as people say, the best time to start investing was yesterday. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you might have, you know, you might just have $1,000, a couple of thousand dollars, but it's easy to just use that to buy, um, you know, a few ETFs and, you know, and, and, and just, just having the uh, conviction just to start. And again, today, today, investing is a lot easier than it was. Absolutely. 20 years ago. So there's really no excuse. Yeah, there's no excuse. It is so much easier, even in the past I mean, seven years. I remember when I first started uh, investing, it was through um, a a bank. It was an online bank. And I was terrified because it was actually just right after the recession. So I was like really afraid. But I'd done a lot of, you know, reading of books that said you need to start investing as soon as you can, as early as you can. And so I did. And it was hard because I would sometimes check and it would just like dip, 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 dip. But then I just didn't touch it as you're supposed to do because it was for long-term investing. And now, seven years, you know, forward, I'm so much more ahead. So I think it's just, you know, it's it's hard to get started, but um, it's, you'll be so glad. You'll, like, I, and this is what I tell everybody, especially now that I'm in my 30s, like, you will not realize how fast time flies. In your 20s, you feel like, oh, you got plenty of time, and then you blink, and you're 32. <laughs> and you'll be so glad that you started investing at 25. <laughs> and you started at the perfect time after the financial crisis. Yeah, at the time, I didn't know that. I was just like, well, I think I should start. But you know, at the time, I'm just like, oh, gosh, I, I know everyone lost their money. This, I hope this rebounds. <laughs> I think, hope things get better. <laughs> right. Well, and so maybe now again, we've had a break in the market. Um, so this is, you know, I think this is a time where, you know, things are a little bit cheaper than they were a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is a good time. Yeah, it's always a good time. Today is always the best time, pretty much, right? Well, thank you so much, uh, Pauline, for joining me. Where can more people find more information about you and WealthScope? Uh, so WealthScope.ca. Perfect. Awesome. Well, I uh, will encourage everyone to check it out. I think it's a really great platform, especially um, there's the free essentials version that people can uh, check out for themselves. Thanks very much for having me. And that was episode 164 with the fabulous Dr. Pauline Shum Noel. Uh, Hope you enjoyed it. Um, I love talking about investing with more and more people because the more I talk to people and the more I share episodes with guests talking about investing, the more we're all more um, educated and confident when it comes to the top of it topic of investing because honestly, I feel for years as people are, were in the dark, they just kind of gave their money to, uh, you know, some investment, um, advisor and just, uh, hoped for the best. But, uh, those times are long gone. We, if we want to really invest our money 
strategically and know what's going on uh, so we can really be prepared for our futures, our retirements, whatever our financial goals are, we really need to know how to invest, what it means, what's all, what are all the terminologies that we need to know, and uh, whether our portfolios are actually doing anything. Um, so, and, and it seems like Wellscope uh, is something that is kind of helping us get there. It's empowering um, investors. They kind of do it themselves, especially for the DIY investors out there. Now, uh, you can check out Wellscope at wellscope.ca. Right now, it's just for Canadians. However, it says on their website that they're going to be launching a version for U.S. investors in the fall of 2018. So, uh, you know, look out for that, my American friends. Um, and of course, uh, you can check out the show notes for this episode at jessicamorehouse.com slash 164. I'm going to put a lot more information about stuff that we talked about in the show notes. So uh, make sure to check that out. Um, a couple things that I want to share with y'all, uh, but uh, just stick around. Just have a few words about this episode's sponsor. This episode of the Mo Money Podcast is brought to you by canspace.ca. If you're a local business owner and want more Canadians to use your website online, don't forget to check out Canspace. As I mentioned before, they've been trusted for over 10 years by Canada's largest corporations for providing affordable, reliable web hosting with the fastest load times in the industry. Plus, they offer plenty of perks like a 30-day money-back guarantee. And they'll even help migrate your site from your current provider for free. If you're ready to switch providers or launch a new website, you can get $10 off the web hosting plan of your choice. Just visit canspace.ca slash Jessica M and enter your email address to get the coupon. Once again, check out canspace.ca slash Jessica M and enter your email address to get the $10 off coupon. Okay, so um, first and foremost, still have my book giveaway open to everybody, but uh, it will be closing as of... Uh, like the end of next week, really. So I've only got two more weeks in the podcast. I've got one last episode next Wednesday. I'm going to be taking a little bit of a summer break. Um, and by that, I just mean not airing any episodes, but busting my butt so I can get new <laughs> guests for the next season and uh, trying to play catch up a little bit on that front. Um, but anywho, uh, make sure to go to jessicamorales.com slash book giveaway or check out the show notes for more info on how you can enter to win one of the many books I'm giving away. I'm giving away books that were featured on this season, season six of the show. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, you never know. You might be a winner. So uh, you'll never know if you don't enter. So make sure to uh, enter to win. Um, also, again, if you uh, missed my live Facebook live, my live Facebook live, that's redundant, but you know what I mean, uh, with Chris Kilbo a few weeks back, well, you can check out the replay on my YouTube channel or my Facebook page. And uh, yeah, also just check out my YouTube channel. Just do it because uh, I'm putting out more and more um, videos up on there, especially throughout the summer while I won't have the podcast. It's a great way to kind of keep in touch, see what I'm up to, see what I'm talking about. And uh, yeah, really, just do it. Uh, just go to jessicamorales.com slash YouTube and you can check it out, subscribe, let me know what you think. Let me know in the comments and all that kind of jazz. Um, 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 I think that's really it for me. That's all I've got at the minute. Got one more episode for you next week, and then I'm out. I'm I'm, I'm out, and I'm I'm happy about it because I I need a little breaky poo. I need a little, I need some time to just collect my thoughts and uh, you know get ready for an awesome next season. Also, I guess that also means if you um have any ideas or thoughts of who you would like featured on this show that I haven't had already. 
let me know. Shoot me an email, Jessica, Jessica uh, Morehouse.com is my email, or uh, tweet me anytime. I'm always on the Twitter. Um, okay, anyways, that's it for me. See you back here next week for the final episode of season six of the show. See you next week. Have a good rest of your week. Ciao. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.